Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, along with my partner, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Carl, we're going to Miami. Giants uh, <laughs> playing the Dolphins in Miami on Sunday. Uh, lots of things surrounding this football team. We talked earlier in the week about the win that they had. Also, I've got, uh, I've got a promo code that I'm going to give away, which is going to save our listeners 50% on a welcome bonus. And I'm going to talk to them a little bit later on about an amazing gift idea. You know, you're probably thinking, you know, we're hitting the home stretch here. What do I do for a gift for a special someone in my life? Well, I'm going to have some details on that in just a bit. How's your week been? Week has been good. It's been, uh, as an observer of narratives, I think we probably got a conversation going uh pretty fast it's you know this whole offensive line thing we discussed it in our uh podcast on was it monday monday morning uh we talked about the need for you know certain players to really step up and seize an opportunity and boy that's gone on and on and on and so much that even uh, the offensive line coach for the Giants has been asked, and he gave an honest answer. And there are some football nannies out there that thought it was really mean for a coach to be blunt and honest when you ask him a real question and want a real answer. Uh, how, w- uh, wait a second. You know, here's the thing. I, I, I Sometimes I bristle about Monday morning quarterbacking. So many times fans, media will say, You know, guy just beats around the bush, uh, Mm -hmm. doesn't really say anything. So the offensive line coach of the Giants was asked a point-blank direct question. You know, why is Nate Solder playing over Matt Parrott? And, you know, Giants head coach Joe Judge talked about the hard work and all this other stuff. And the offensive line coach basically said, because Nate Solder is playing better, plain and simple. So what's, what's, what's wrong with that? I would say it's nothing wrong with that. I would say there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and it's honest and it should be a, a call to action for, uh, Matt Pert. Um, and it should piss him off to the point to where he wants to go prove everybody wrong. If it pisses him off and he goes in the tank, he's not the guy. He's not the guy for this roster Um, because if I ever had a coach to ever say, well, the other guy is playing better or the other guy is better, I'm going out 
to prove it. Like, I'm going to play angry. I'm going to practice angry for the rest of the year. Uh, in fact, when I had uh, Andy Hatton and Byron Hunt in front of me, and Parcells would say he's not ready yet, I was like, I'm going to show you I'm ready. I'm going to show you I'm ready. I practiced angry, played angry. <clears throat> but that that is, listen, the essence of this sport is about competitiveness, competitive fire, uh, doing the things that will convince your coaches to trust you out there. So that said, here we are heading into another week of Giants football, another opportunity for the Giants to kind of get things together. And then the carpenter shows up and says that the quarterback's not going to play. I'm a little confused about this, though. Because uh, I know he was out there on Wednesday. You know, the media was able to see the jog through warm up stretch part of practice. And then the media gets ushered out. And then he was out there again yesterday. And I mean, there was video of him zipping some balls around and stuff. Now, Carl, you know this um better than most because you played for the organization. Ronnie Barnes has been the head trainer, the director of medical services, whatever title he has. Um, but everything kind of runs through him. Giants tend to be very conservative as far as uh, getting players back out on the field. Supposedly Daniel Jones is lobbying. He's lobbying the doctors. He's lobbying everybody to play. Um, as of this recording, it really kind of is unknown, although all the reports are that Mike Lennon will start. Well, we'll find out if um, if here's the thing with uh, Ronnie Barnes. He can be convinced. He's not easy to convince. But if you lobby hard enough, and you do everything in practice. Uh, I've been on that side of it. With he can Ronnie. Be when he can be convinced by the player. Right but he does yeah. not bow to staff pressure. No, no, no. Coaching no, no, no. staff pressure. He does no. not. <laughs> that no. is one thing he doesn't do. No. Um, so for Daniel, and if he, you know, if he feels that he can play, he he's probably going to pressure Ronnie. He's going to pressure the doctors. He's going to get the information that's necessary for him to make a decision. And then he'll say, look, I can go. Look, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to call it a throwback mentality. I think it's the mentality that uh, players should embody that if they feel they can help their team, they'll, you know, they'll go out and play. And sometimes you can, you know, most times you can overcome something that's not, um, you know, debilitating, like you got a busted knee and they say, put some, put some tape on it and let me limp out there. Not one of those deals, but if it's a muscular deal and I don't know anything uh, beyond what's been reported by the carpenter and a few other uh, Twitter experts, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but if it's, if it's a muscular thing and it just needs to loosen up, then uh, we'll see. I saw that uh, tweet yesterday from Jordan Renan that something that he was reporting he got from a source other than the carpenter. Other than the carpenter. But boy, it, you know, even if that 
and I have no reason to believe that the Copperleaf story isn't true. It sounds so far-fetched just the way it was written. A friend of a, no, uh, a, a friend of mine who's the carpenter of the owner's son, no, the owner's brother reports that. I'm like, boy, that's that's a stretch. That's like my cousin's uncle's nephew who goes to church occasionally, sees the owner and had an opportunity to say hello to him in the parking lot, but he felt that the owner was going to tell him this. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's the world we live in, though. Yeah. It's kind of the world we live in. Listen, so it took I off. Have to be, I have to be honest with you, as I was doing my prep work and studying for this game, I didn't really like the Giants' chances this week. But as I started to prepare for the game more, because look, in their four game winning streak, the Dolphins have given up 17 or less points in those four games, which is the tied with the Patriots for the longest streak this season. And it's the longest by a Dolphins team since 2010 in this four game winning streak, Carl, Miami's giving up 11 and a half points per game. 288 yards per game, 32% on third down, 25% in the red zone, and they're averaging two and a half takeaways per game. So when you think of the anemic giant offense, you say to yourself, dude, this is not a good matchup. But there's something about this matchup that I really liked, but I only really like it if Daniel Jones is playing. So give me the Dolphins' offensive numbers. Well, I can give you the Dolphins' offensive numbers. Uh, for the season? Oh, just a stretch that they're playing good defense. Well, I mean, two has been out of his mind in this stretch. You know, in, 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 two, in the last two games, you realize he's completed over 80% of his passes with a minimum of 20 attempts. In, these, in the last two games, he's 54 of 64, 84%, 503 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, and a QBR of 108.5. I mean, he's been playing lights out in that stretch. And they they're don't scoring? Run, uh, they have, I mean, they scored against Baltimore. What I are mean, they averaging? Uh, if, you give me, if you give me a second, I can get you that. I can I can tell you exactly what they've done uh, over this four game stretch. Uh, you know, obviously they they hung thirty three up on Carolina. Now uh, twenty six of it was on offense. One was on a block punt that was returned two yards for a touchdown. So that's more that's more of a defensive score. Uh, they scored twenty four in the win against the Jets. They scored twenty two in the win against Baltimore. And they scored 17 in the win against Houston in this four-game winning streak. Okay, so they are efficient offensively, mm -hmm. um, uh, buoyed by their defensive effort because the right. defense is holding teams down. So here's what – from what I am seeing in my film study, right, defensively, um, they're going to bring a lot of pressure. They're going to have a lot of organized chaos. They are an, an excellent team 
down in the red zone. I mean, they're really good. They're really good at bringing uh, different looks, creating different scenarios. So you got to be on top of your game. Um, Which the Giants' red zone offense is dead last in the NFL. It plays right into what they do, right? Um, So you've got to, all over the field, if you just take a look in in, – Baltimore was a little different because of the threats they pose on offense. So they blitzed every gap, right? They just wanted to choke off Lamar Jackson. But what you have to do offensively is number one, you've got to hold up in the gaps because there's going to be somebody coming through it. Uh, There will be some plays made. Now they got some good defense. They got some good cover guys, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's some, there's some plays to be made. Um, you can probably identify a few things by formation. Um, but if you're going to get into some tight slot stuff, your offensive line is going to struggle trying to figure out who's coming and who's coming late. Uh, offensively, from what I'm seeing, they have a lot of window dressing, a lot of formation, a lot of pre-snap stuff uh, to create easy reads for Tua. And they don't block particularly well. That's why the ball's out of the quarterback's hand fast. Uh, they try to create, again, a little organized confusion on their end on offense also, but they give you a lot of window dressing, a lot of movement, a lot of formation shifts, all of this stuff to try to create some, um, some, some reads for the quarterback. And that's why his percentage is, are up and good for them because they're executing. So I look at this game as one that the Giants uh, can win and should win. Even if Glennon plays, I have very little confidence in Mike. Glennon, I look at this game as one the Giants can and should win. <clears throat> oh, so you don't care. You don't care who's a quarterback. I, I just, I, I believe that um, offensively, <laughs> to say that this sounds odd, but it's really going to come down to this offensive line and how they uh, recognize and protect against the blitz. And they've got to they've got to mind their gaps. There's going to be a guy in a gap, <clears throat> either outside or inside, and he may come late. Quarterbacks got to be in tune. Linebackers, wide receivers, tight ends—they all got to be able to communicate. If they communicate well. Um, they'll have some opportunities. And here's the other thing, run the football. If they can run the football, that will change a lot of things about how uh, Miami defends. Yeah, Miami is 10th against the run, so they're pretty good. It's interesting, um, you know, Mike Lennon, if he is to start this game as of this recording, and I'm hoping – Danny Dimes neck loosens up, gets the old Ben Gay out and a heating pad or whatever Sarah it is. Ben Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were a kid and you'd have a stiff neck? Yeah. Oh, my mom was like, oh, the Ben Gay's in the cabinet. They put some, rub some on. Yeah. Um, he was 0-5 last year as a starter for Jacksonville. Uh, prior to that, he had not started a game since he was with the bears in 2017. So it's been 
few and far between as far as his wins are concerned. I'm just looking who is his last win against. His last win was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017. Mm. <clears throat> so you got to go back a while. I mean, look, he's got to get the ball out of his head. You know what the Giants need in this game? And 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 look, we talked about how good Miami is against the run. The Giants need Saquon to be Saquon and have a big kind of game. Now I understand, you know, I, I see, I, I see fans and I, I saw something posted on Twitter and it, it kind of annoyed me. They, somebody showed his long run from the other day, his 32 yarder. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, you know, Saquon should be getting two or three of these opportunities a game. But with the state of this offensive line, it's few and far between, blah, 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 blah. You know, <clears throat> look, I'm going to give the guy benefit of the doubt. He's still coming off injury, and he's just a year <clears throat> removed from suffering a really bad knee injury. And sometimes, you know, they always say it takes, you know, more than a year mm -hmm. before you're really back up to speed. So I'm giving Saquon Barkley every benefit of the doubt here. But I will say this. Carl, there was a play early in the game, and I'm not sure what's going on with him as far as trust, vision, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, having to look at things more, studying more. I don't know what it is. But there was a one play where, you know, it was blocked up beautifully. And, then, like, there was a cutback lane that he never even saw. and. You know, it turned into like a two-yard gain off the left-hand side where it was – I understand you got to stay with the play and they, you know, press the hole, press the hole. But at some point – because what's happening is we've seen Gallman, Booker, Devontae Freeman, even Alfred Morris last year with the same bad offensive line. Yeah. Have some highly productive games. I mean, Saquon has not had over 60 yards rushing or averaged over five yards a carry in a single game this year. He's ranked 45th out of 50 qualifying backs that have had at least 70 carries in yards per carry, 3.6. So I, there are some things there. It's not as bad always as they make it seem to be. So I know. Am I wrong on this? About... Am I wrong on no, this? No, no. I just think, you know, part of the problem with Sikhar, well, let me just say this. I thought he has been very decisive, either right or wrong, in in um, running the football, putting his cleat in the ground, right? So uh, he hasn't been, you know, Fred Astaire. He's been decisive. He's trusted what he's seen. Um, I believe that because there is a trust issue to the right side of that offensive line, and then you're playing um, an Eagles team that often either comes off blocks, stunts inside, or whatever. So he's trying to he's trying to follow his blocking. It was a beautiful uh, cutback lane to the right. But the fact that they don't run the ball well consistently, um, 
doesn't allow him to really get a groove, right? So he's either going to take with the blocking shows at the snap or he'll take the risk, right? If he takes the risk and he loses five yards, then we're screaming. If he gains two and misses an opportunity to break a big one, well, I think that's a trust issue. Uh, I think instinctively um, things are coming back. But I just think, you know, there's an issue on the right side of the line that he doesn't trust and doesn't know against an opponent like the Eagles, which proved to be true on a, another play where they needed, I think, three yards or something, and Fletcher Cox knifes in and uh, tackles him for a loss. So they, um, I, 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 I see a lot more positive with Saquon than negative. And, you know, I know people say, well, he shouldn't have been drafted, blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's deal with today. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean um, anything. He is doesn't mean anything now. Right. <laughs> He's on the roster. Um, so what I'm seeing is a guy who, especially like it, it, I would say exhibit a of his footwork and his vision coming back in, um, coming back to him in sync and instinctively was on that big run. Like there was no wasted motion. Every cut, every move was to set up a defender to get to the other side of the line of scrimmage. And he did it as good as I've seen him uh, since his rookie year. But I just think repetition, they've got to get in a groove running the football. Even if they're getting three, four yards to carry, he starts to see it. He gets a better feel for how a defense plays them. But if they're, you know, three and out and it's only one run per series, it's hard for him to get a feel for what the the defense is doing. You mentioned uh, coming back. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season. More props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet online, your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up. And if you do, you're going to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%. All you need is a promo code. Come on, we live in a world of promo codes. We're Christmas shopping online every day. We buy everything yeah. online. We know all about promo codes. Well, this is one that gets you 50%. Believe 50, B-L-E-A-V 50. You get your bonus, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, favorite Vegas casino games. Take advantage of it. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I still have the Christmas idea for you that I'm going to get to in a little bit. Okay. And I also have a, uh, <clears throat> a real odd fun fact about this game, you know, because the, uh, the card, the note card is done. Nobody's, hey, you beat reporters. Mm -hmm. Don't be stealing this. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Went right through. Um, so we need Saquon to be Saquon. Uh, and we need whoever the quarterback is to be decisive. You know what I, I noticed about this, uh, this defense of Miami? You know, I guess this is what makes them hard to plan for. Everybody has been invited to their party. So what I mean by that is, you know, you got Wilkins with seven quarterback hits and three sacks. Van Ginkle's got 
two sacks. He's got 17 quarterback hits. The safety, Brandon Jones. He has three sacks. He's got seven quarterback hits. Uh, Javon Holland, the rookie out of Oregon. He's got five quarterback hits. Um, you know, Jerome Baker's got eight quarterback hits. Ogba's got 19 quarterback hits and six sacks. Um, you know, the, it really is, is spread around, like, between, you know, DBs, linebackers, corners. It's like a lot of people have sacks and a lot of people have quarterback hits. Yeah, they have Even the back, uh, inside backers got seven quarterback hits. Yeah, I mean, it is it is communal the way that they uh, play defense and pressure, uh, which is can be a problem, you know, because you again, they bring them from everywhere. They play a lot of zero coverage and sneak guys through. Uh, you've got to be aggressive against them. But again, Bob, it, it really comes down to the communication with all 11 offensive players because one guy makes a mistake somebody's getting loose and they will get to your quarterback before your quarterback can get the ball out of his hand so um gotta play sound i think they run the football if they can run the football a bit that controls uh the pressure on the quarterback you think we'll see a little well again i don't know i have less faith in mike glennon than you do um, I'm kind of bummed that they didn't bring back Colt McCoy. I felt like he was a better backup quarterback. Well, by the way, Colt McCoy, two years in a row has gone to Seattle and won this year with Arizona yeah. last year with the giants. But again, it doesn't matter. Kind of like we were talking about when people critique the Saquon Barkley pick, it doesn't matter. It's a, this is what you're right. dealing with. Do you think though? We'll see, let's say Daniel Jones can play. Um, let's just say he's out there practicing and, he has showed them enough throwing the ball, whatever he's got to show them that he's playing. Uh, do you think that we'll see a little bit more evolution of this offense? Because remember, Freddie Kitchens had a short week to be named the offensive coordinator. You know, like he played a Monday night game. They didn't make the change during the bye. Do you think we'll see some more wrinkles thrown in there or more adaptations to the offense yeah um so if we were to look at two of the more productive games versus <clears throat> some really good defenses and i i always mention washington and i mention uh the saints there was a particular profile that the giants uh incorporated and it was a gap scheme run game um, I do believe that that is the influence of Freddie Kitchens. I think that's when Will Hernandez plays better. Uh, they have guys that can block angles better than they can block guys in front of them. And I think that um, you'll see a little bit of that uh, if Freddie's putting his imprint on there. Um, and you'll see a lot different style of play action but when you look at the power run game and the ability to get guys on the move like a will hernandez um we can pull and chip and, and billy price and those guys 
that's when this this thing starts to click a little bit. That's when it clicked in Washington. That's when it clicked in in New Orleans and then a lot of things that that fed off of that. So I think that's what you can see a little different about uh, Freddie because like the stretch run stuff is just basically getting pushed backwards and losing yards and you know get guys okay. on the move, use some power and run a gap scheme. Yeah, I mean, not to signal him out in any way, but look, we know that, for instance, Will Hernandez was drafted in the second round. He has not become the Pro Bowl stud player that they projected him to be. We've talked a lot about his inability to pick up twists and pass protect and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's this big, strong guy. And from all accounts, you know, he's tough. He's physical. He's got a little attitude. You know, why not just line them up, line them all up, fire off the ball and use your physicality? Because, you yeah, know, he- well, the, the physicality thing is, you know, some guys got to get moving to build that power. Um, again, if we go look, if we go back and look at some of the Giants uh, gap scheme, run game, you'll see him pulling through a hole, knocking guys over, uh, trapping guys, using his power on angles. And then once you do that, then you're line them up and knock them off the ball. Scheme works as well, because now defenders don't know um, that they can just line up and just push you backwards. So when you're on the move and there's a guy turning back on you as you try to hit a gap, things of that nature, is is where they can have some success. And I, I, I suspect that a gap scheme will be incorporated against an aggressive defense like this one. Anything else? You got anything outside of this game that you want to get off your chest? No, You're no, no. I think spirited. Yeah. Look, it's I, I'm I'm just interested to see mentally how this team approaches Miami. Um, because you know, coming off a victory against Oakland, they didn't look good the next game. Um so I want to see how coming off a victory against the Eagles and knowing that the next opponent in front of the next opponent in front of them will help them in their quest to be a um, over 500 football team and at least, you know, start a conversation as the season winds down. Yeah. I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it too. Did you watch any of the game last night? I did the Thursday night game. I did. You know, it's it's my pet peeve. And I know that the league is I think they're moving closer to it or towards it. But geez, I mean I I I I, I know people there's some people that just can't stand in instant replay, but can we get an eye in the sky to clean up obvious things? Did, I mean, did you see that call that went against the the fullback for the Saints last night? Yeah. The illegal block in the back. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, I, 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 it's perplexing why they don't incorporate the eye in the sky. I don't know if it, it feels like if they feel like it's going to be, um, taken away from the human element of the officials. But if they're wrong, I'm sure they would. They would love the assistance. This that that'll be their Google of refereeing, right? If you're stumped and you don't know, you Google it, right? Well. If you don't think you know it, ask the eye in the sky to give us a better look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, listen, the Saints weren't winning the game, but they were in the game. And that was like, that was yeah. a huge moment in the game. And, you know, clearly they saw the end of it and the guy going down. But it's like, man, a guy's, a guy's blitzing and a fullback's blocking and he gets him kind of on the side or the back of the shoulder pad or whatever you're inside the tackle box. It's like, come on. That's a continuation block. You know, <laughs> you got to see it from the beginning. And there were, there was a time where officials, if a guy was complaining about being held or being blocked, that the official will tell you right to your face, that's not how the play started. It just, that's just a continuation. I saw his head across the front of you. You kept moving. He kept moving. Play on. Um, but they, you know, I don't know. Do they get paid by the flag? I don't know. It's, it's not good. All right. So I got this Christmas gift idea for you. Okay. Um, you tired of boring gifts? Well, there's a new product called Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds. Brightest gift of the year. They use cutting-edge technology, innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you're going to be able to find at a pretty light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're grown in a lab. They can create all different blushes of pink and beautiful blue, as well as the classic white. It's the perfect gift this holiday season. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. Here's the thing again, lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. You got any favorite spots in Miami that you like to dine in, Carl? You're a world traveler and food. Yeah, we're out in, we're out in plantation. Uh, so it's kind of a stretch. Um, Miami. Yeah, um, my my good friend, and I'm sure you know him too, Josh Capon, used to be part of the uh, Lure Group or Mercer Mercer Group, and they had Lure Fish Market, which was always a favorite in the Los Hotel. But I just so many good restaurants. I have friends there too, a couple college buddies. I'll be uh, getting a list, so maybe I'll post some of my faves on Twitter later on today. Do you have plans where you're going? I'm getting in a little bit on the later side. No, actually, I don't. How about our boss, Don Sperling, with the Joe, Joe Stone Crabs? Uh, you know what? Listen, I am a huge Stone Crab fan. I enjoy eating them, but I do not go crazy over joe's anymore like I, I enjoy eating stone crab um but joe's is it's an institution and when you go to miami anybody that's never been i suggest you go i recommend you go more than once 
But once you've gone more than once, act like you've been there before. Our boss, Don Sperling, every time he goes, it's like the first time, right? It's like when people go to Tampa, I always tell them, if you've never been to the original Hooters, make sure you go, right? Um, and, and maybe go twice, but like, don't go every time you go to Tampa and act like it's the first time, the best thing ever. Like that's our boss, Don Sperling. He rants and raves about Joe Stone crabs like it's the nineties. When, yeah. you know, it, it's still probably hard to get a table there, but it's like, I'm like, Don, you've been there 150,000 times. Act like you've been there before. Yeah. I listen, I love it. I'm not going to be making a trip there though, because of where we're staying. I mean, the year that the, um, the year that the Colts beat the Bears in the Super Bowl, or that was Super Bowl 41. That's when the Super Bowl was, everything was centered down in Miami as opposed mm -hmm. to South Florida, which the more recent versions have been. I think I went to Joe's like four times over eight days. I mean, I really love it. But it's fact, where you live right now, it's not that, it's probably like a, an eight iron or so is, uh, what is it that jack's lobster shack yeah they uh you can get the stone crabs there when it's in season they get shipments every so often with the joe's sauce i like it i'm not going though uh so i got a fun fact for you i like to i like to end with a little fun fact unless you've got something else you'd like to dive into i got nothing um so the giants lead the all-time series against the dolphins seven to two Here's a little statistical or interesting nugget about the, you know, they don't play each other all that often. Oh, by the way, I should explain. The only reason why they're playing each other this year, for those who don't know, because they last played in 2019, that was the last time that the NFC East played the AFC East. The reason why is the 17th game. Mm. All the NFC teams are the road teams in the 17th game. And they decided to match them up by division. And because of where the Giants finished in the NFC East last year and where the Dolphins finished in the AFC East last year, uh, the formula said that the Giants would go to Miami since all the AFC teams are the home teams next year in the 17 game, the 17th game, the NFC teams will be home teams and they'll move the divisions around. <clears throat> Just so you know that. Um, did you know that the Giants as an organization, are 4-0 and on the road against the Dolphins. Well, that is an interesting nugget, and I'm sure they're looking to make it 5-0. and Last uh, time, yeah, last time they played down there, remember, uh, Eli threw four touchdown passes in 2015. They won a close game, 31-24, no interceptions. Remember Odell Beckham Jr.? He was, yes. like, dominant, 166. Yes. Oh, every time I say that, I think about what could have been with Odell. Yeah, well, I am hopeful uh, that his career gets on track. Obviously, he's not a giant. He's still one of my favorite players, so I want to see him have uh, some excitement. He's good for football when he's when he's uh, doing the Odell. Do so you think the Giants are going to win? I do. I feel they'll win. Um won't be easy. It's going to be an ugly game because that's how Miami likes to play it. Uh, but I think the Giants uh, will win this game. 
Believe 50, B-L-E-A-V, Believe 50. If you go to uh, Bet Online and their new site or mobile website and sign up today, you receive 50% welcome bonus if you use that promo code. And, Carlos, we were on the field before the game, before the game against the Eagles. <clears throat> now, a lot of fans. Rallying crying. What were they saying? Carl Banks! Call over Banks. here, over here. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Over here, Carl. Tell a friend to tell a friend. How about the one guy that had the fire Gettleman on his shirt as you're talking to Gettleman on yeah. the sideline? Like you're supposed to turn around and go, yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we actually had a little conversation after that. Um, you know, uh, you know, he, he was very vocal and Dave was standing there and, um, you know, then he's telling me do better. You can do better. And I went over and we spoke and he's, he's a listener to our, uh, our podcast. Yeah, and I said, tell a friend guys. Yeah. I said, listen, you know, he's a human be respectful. Um, I get the fandom. I didn't criticize his shirt and, you know, people have their positions on um Dave Gettleman and Giants in general you know who they like who they don't like and that's fandom but like don't make it personal these are humans and um you can question any decision you want without assigning a uh, derogatory name to that person you know um that's you know fandom you can say look it was a horrible this or I like that or you Definitely didn't pick the right guy here or there, but don't don't call guys names. You know, they're humans. By the way, um, for those of you that tell a friend to tell a friend and we're yelling and screaming from the stands. Well, if you're one of those new tell a friends, make sure now you tell a friend, tell a friend, to tell right. a friend. All right, we'll be back next week. He's Carl Banks. I'm Bob Papa. We'll recap the Giants' performance in Miami with all the analysis early next week here at Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.